I'm Lisa Billiou, and I went from housewife to co-founder of the billion-dollar company Quest Nutrition and now president of Impact Theory. Our mission with this show is to empower you and all women to recognize you really can become the hero of your own life. Welcome to Women of Impact. What's up guys? Welcome to the very first episode of Women of Impact. This is so exciting for me. And today, of course, oh God, I forgot to introduce myself. See, I'm in training. <laughs> I'm Lisa Billiou. And today, of course, of all people to be on my very first episode, it has to be the none other than the amazing Cassie Hurl. Hello. <laughs> Yay. So, so I'm so excited. So I'm sure most everybody watching this knows who this woman is, but I'm going to give a little background on you as an influencer. I'm going to start off there. Okay. So Cassie, has over and girl since I last said this out loud you've grown so much in just a year so uh-huh. I think when we started our Sheroic podcast yeah. um, you were like 3.5 on YouTube uh-huh. um, now accumulatively you have over like 7 million yeah. guys that was not a error on my part 7 million people <laughs> in your ecosystem which is insane thank you um, and your views on your YouTube is over 600 million views Something like that. I love how you Something, don't know. I don't I, even know. I don't look. My jaw literally dropped when I saw that. <laughs> to 600 million is incredible. But to be honest, the biggest thing for me of why like you mean so much to me and why I just admire and respect you so much is you're just an incredible entrepreneur. Thank like you. understanding business with your pop flex, which by the way, guys, <clears throat> this this shirt right here representing she's i love that she wears her activewear with her jeans and her high sexy boots like that's, that's cool thank you that's <laughs> from a business perspective i don't think people necessarily get to see that side of you as much mm. but like it's so incredible how your mind works as a business owner and then beyond that as a friend mm. you are truly one of my closest friends that i have Aww, me too and so you coming on the show is incredible and we did do heroic together mm-hmm. so to be honest this is mm-hmm. purely selfish that i get to like hang out with you and do like another re- recreation of that absolutely and i'm so excited that you're starting women of uh, women of impact Thank this is you. this i am so honored to be on this pilot episode but also if you didn't have me as the first person <laughs> i'd be a little bit offended that's going to text message <laughs> that's amazing so when i was thinking about what i really wanted to talk to you about yeah. i think for us the biggest thing is our friendship because mm. it's really kind of overlapped our business and how we've navigated our friendship over these last mm-hmm, few years mm-hmm, and i think that, that that is one thing that a lot of people do struggle with is as you grow and as you change how do you keep friendships alive what yeah. are the things that are important so i'd love to kind of open it up and talk publicly about the things that we've gone through up to yeah. this point I mean, starting Sheroic was really cool. And also it was dangerous territory, right? Because mm-hmm. everyone always tells me, don't mix business with friendship, da, 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 da. And that was something that I really played with in my head. But I was like, I don't see anyone else that I could start my own podcast with um, other than Lisa. And so I asked you and you said yes. And I was nervous that you wouldn't. And then we did it. And then we definitely ran into some roadblocks about like, should we curse on the show or should Mm -hmm. we not? Like, and do we like this topic or this person? What should we do? And then sometimes we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be on the same page. Mm -hmm. But because of our business backgrounds, we took the situation not personally, but really like, hey, how does this benefit Sheroic? How does this benefit the audience, the fans, the listeners? And that really helped us get through things. And plus you being an amazing understanding person, really helped us get through that too, which to be completely honest, like now that I've run into so many different types of people, I think most people 
wouldn't react the same way you would or I would in these situations, which did become, I feel like, kind of problematic at times. Yeah. yeah. And like for people who may not know our stories, mm -hmm. you on Quest's show that we right. had, that's actually how we met. So we started off as almost um, business colleagues, right? right? So yeah. like you were on the show at Quest, mm -hmm. we worked together there, then mm -hmm. we became friends. Mm -hmm. And then you'd approach the Sheroic thing. And right. both of us were very excited and like you said, nervous at the same time, because I think at least from my standpoint is, I'm not going to risk my friendship with you. Mm -hmm. Like nothing is worth, no business is worth mm -hmm. ruining my friendship because I think businesses can come and go, right? They can fail. Yeah. But even if they succeed, at what cost? And for me, it was like, at what cost? It, I'm not willing to gamble you. Same. Same. That was really important. Towards like the last few episodes, I was getting really, really crazy slammed with some other like parts of the business that were pulling me away. And I had to tell Lisa, I had to tell you, hey, like, I don't know if you're gonna be mad at me, but like, I don't know if mm -hmm. I can, can shoot another one just right now. And you were so understanding because I think most people would have been like, wait, you're just like leaving me here and just taking it all personal offensive. But because we set the standards of one, we're not gonna risk our friendship and two, we cannot uh, hinder the businesses of the, the main businesses. Mm -hmm. And because we set those ground rules, it was pretty smooth sailing from there. But you were still nervous though, right? I you was. Said, so we'd set the ground rules, yeah. but when you had approached me to say, mm -hmm. hey, look, things are getting too crazy for me right yeah. now, you still weren't sure. Was that for you like, look, she said it, but I, I don't know. You know, because I think maybe it's in American culture, a lot of people say things, but they don't mean what they say, right? If you ask someone, how are you doing? I was like, I'm fine, I'm great. But it's like, but I know you're not fine and you're mm. not great. And so, when I, even though we laid the ground was in, of course, we're, we're best friends, I still am very concerned about how you're feeling and how you're going to take that, mm. right? Because it's one thing to say it and one thing yeah. to live it. Yeah, and so, of course, I was concerned about you. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I didn't want you to think like, you know, we set out to do something and now I'm breaking that promise. Yeah. And look, I think for me, it's always like, what is my priority? We put so much time and effort into it. Mm -hmm. So of course it absolutely was disappointing. Mm -hmm. But every time like I feel that type of strong emotion, I just go back to, but what is my priority? My priority is you. So it wasn't even difficult for me to turn around and say like, oh my God, of course, like, well, let's stop it immediately. Because I was just like, okay, well, what have I told myself? I'm not going to let this affect my relationship right. with Cassie. Right. And look, to be honest, because you were my priority, I was like, mm. what are you going through? Mm -hmm. You're going through these struggles, the, you're, not even struggles, but just over being overwhelmed, which I can relate to mm -hmm. 100%. Oh, yeah. When I thought, okay, well, what is the thing that I want Cassie to know? It's that I really do support her. And I knew that you would have done the same for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I didn't realize that you were tense though about me until like a couple of weeks ago is when you said really? to me. Yeah. I didn't realize that you thought like, I didn't know if you were going to talk to me again. Of course, I feared it because it has happened before. Mm. But because you come from a business background, um, we're professional, but we're also personal. And at the end of all, we care about each other. I knew we could get mm -hmm. through it, but you know, it's those initial feelings that I was scared for. I didn't want you to feel disappointed. And obviously you did, but then you quickly got over it because we're both resilient women, come on. Right. <laughs> if I was just like, oh great, this is the best news ever, when you'd be like, what a bitch. Like, yeah, I like yeah, she yeah. didn't even like him in the show, right? Like at least you kind of knew that I was being genuine. It's like, yeah. yeah, of course, I love doing it. And to be honest, our friendship, I just loved seeing you. You too, um, yeah. But I think that we were also very honest. Our 
after the show had stopped that we said that our friendship had changed a little because when we were together, we were talking business all the time. So that's the, that was the weird thing, right? Because we started to Sheroic um, because obviously we wanted to impact women, but also selfishly wanted to spend more time together. Mm -hmm. However, the quality of the time spent was different. It was very intellectual yeah. and is very... Uh, is very good on on a podcast level, mm -hmm. but on a just catching up and like, yeah. hey, what are you doing? How's your dog? Like, what, what are you cooking? <laughs> like, there wasn't that. I I am so thankful that you reacted the way you did because, like I said, most people, or at least most people that I've dealt with, hundred percent would be like, I'm not forgiving you. I'm never going to talk to you again. So, what did you actually do in those moments where you've had that before? I think you just have to let people go on their path and if we find a way back to each other then we do but it's kind of all you can do and then you just surround yourself with more people who do support your vision support why you make the, the decisions that you make and for me at the end of the day it's I'm never trying to hurt anyone mm. and I think most of us like aren't so if you just understand where the other person is coming from then you understand why they made the decision that they made um, but unfortunately, there are people who take things personal and they just want to leave. So, yeah. and that's okay too. Is that the first thing you do then? Is try to understand where they're coming from? Always, too much actually. Really? Why too, do you say too much? When I try to understand too much where someone is coming from, mm. I end up making excuses for them, Interesting. and to my detriment, hmm. because I end up creating these stories in my head that maybe that's not even going on in their life. So sometimes I just need to take things at face value, um, try a little bit to understand the story. And if they want to share the story, then do. But if I'm starting to make up all these excuses for mm -hmm. people, it's not gonna help me. Mm -hmm. It's not gonna help them. Um, I heard this really good quote the other day. Um, it was like, some people walk into your lives and make it better, and some people walk out of your lives to make it incredible. And I was like, saving that is so good mm -hmm. i sent it to sam my fiance and i was just like yes yes like that's what i need i know jay shetty posts like these really good quotes that like really resonate with me yeah <laughs> that one hit me as well good. i think that yeah. we we so focus on sometimes the negative right so if someone yeah. leaves your life right i think that initially people at least i used to when i was younger mm -hmm. i would take that person mm. like it's about me like yeah. I, I can't believe it and it would erode my um, self-esteem mm -hmm. right okay I must not be good enough for them and so I yep. reflect on how bad mm -hmm. I am mm -hmm. that's but, what I do yeah. but what people don't do is go wow this could actually be the best thing that's happened to me yes because I didn't realize what weight they were on my shoulders mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sometimes you just try to fix things so mm -hmm. much and it just doesn't work you just gotta let people go and it's okay it's okay for both of us and sometimes there is an explosion and the explosion happens because you needed to realize that this person can't be in your life anymore mm. and then once they're gone you're free and it feels great and when you say explosion you mean like a kind of come to a head like a big yeah just like a real out. like boom like all right true colors flying everywhere yeah and you find that refreshing um well obviously it's super painful in the it moment is, it's right? a lot of truth on both sides mm. and people you know not being ready for it and um i mean you were there when i called you and you know we talked through some of my hard times here's the thing you have to allow yourself to feel the feelings. A lot of times people will tell me like, oh, it's no big deal, it's fine, just get over it. But I can't just get over mm -hmm. it. I have to be in the feeling. Maybe it takes an hour, maybe mm -hmm. it's a day, I don't know. But once I get through the feeling, then, it, then I feel like that's processed and I can get over the feeling. But just brushing it aside is not gonna work mm -hmm. for me because it's gonna come back 
tenfold. Yeah. I think brushing something aside never works. No. I want to meet one person that says it was the best thing that happened to me that I brushed it aside. Like I wish I could brush it aside, I but I can't. I know. I just got to really embrace it. Yeah. The analogy I've heard is like dust settling. Right, oh. so it's like brushing something inside, not actually oh, dealing yeah. with it. It's like, like your first layer, it's actually not too bad, right? Okay. Imagine not cleaning your house. Right. Oh, I will don't clean it in a way, there's a bit of dust. You blink a year later, all of a sudden you've got <sighs> cobwebs in the corner, you've got. And then it's like ingrained, it's ingrained into yeah, the granite. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's got the black spots in oh, the granite. Yeah. You just have to scrub it out, you can't, right. and it's there forever. Yeah. 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 So I don't think, to me, dust settling ever works. Um, dealing with it sometimes can be really painful. And I think that's probably why painful. most people don't try to address it because they're like, they try to ignore it. Yeah. Um, but I think that that ends, actually ends up being worse. So. Oh my gosh, 100%, 100%. Okay, Jay Shetty also said this other thing. <laughs> I, I, I love, love Jay. Instagram. <laughs> I know, he's great. Um, he said something that also resonated. He said, stop giving 100% to people who only give you 50%. Mm. That was real. That also helped me from feeling so drained, right? Because in those friendships that you're trying to fix and mm -hmm. fix. But for us, I feel like we're always giving each other 100%, even more. And so every time after I hang out with you, I feel like I've learned something, mm. I'm inspired, and, um, and I just enjoy hanging out with you. All right, let's go down. Thank you, by the way. But let, I was like so fixated on the 150% because yeah. it's so true. So yeah. here's the problem. Sometimes friendships are weighed one way or the other mm. more. Um, I can't I don't in fact not that I can't don't like that word I don't want to give 50% of energy to a friendship mm. because to me I'm all in or yeah. not yeah. so like if I'm gonna spend time with somebody or develop a friendship or something like that I want to be 100% me and I want to be 100% all in now you I think you're exactly the same mm -hmm. right you're nodding so mm -hmm. what do you do if a friend is only giving 50% and you are given 100, because what I, I personally can't do, I can't reduce my 100% to 50. Right. I almost will then just distance and say, look, I, there's a certain type of friend I want to be to somebody and I don't just want to dip my toes in the pool, in essence. How do you deal with that? Well, when you're a 100% giver, like both of us, and you're giving to this almost like a hole that keeps sucking, you end up feeling mm. drained and you end up feeling unappreciated, you end up feeling the other person is ungrateful. I think you have to distance yourself. I don't think And that's what you would do, distance. That's the only thing you can do. I can't change people, and I've realized that as much as you want to give people advice, mm -hmm. as much as you want to see them grow, maybe they, they don't want to grow, maybe they don't think they need to grow, and that's not my position. Yeah, I mean, I've, when I was about God, maybe 15 years ago now, yeah. um, I had a friend who was a long-time friend of mine. I'd known mm. her for 15, 20 years even yeah. before. So really ingrained, known as my best friend. Like we were so close and we had one big massive argument. And this okay. is before I actually was able to kind of navigate my thoughts and emotions and really deal with things in a much more mature manner. Yeah. And we just had a massive argument and it came to a head. And I remember Tom advised me and he said, look, babe, you have to accept people for who they are. Yeah. It's not a personal thing. It's not a dig on mm -hmm, you. Mm -hmm. It's just that's who she is as a human being. Just accept it and then say, do I, is that a deal breaker? And I loved that because it then allowed me to go, okay, what is she like? All these things that like frustrate me that we used yeah. to argue about and really, you know, like bump heads over. I was like, this is who she is. Now, knowing that, is that someone I still want to be friends with? Is that a deal breaker? Yeah, I think that's also something that I'm working on because I expect 
everyone to reach their potential and live fully and all this kind of stuff. When I don't see that, I get frustrated. But it's like, it's not my place to be frustrated, right? right? Like, they're them. They're on their own path. So I think why it works for us is because we do have respect. And I think where it doesn't work for people is if you aren't happy that your friend is she's getting more sales in this thing. Now she has to like go out and do more pitches or whatever, or you're getting jealous because you're not spending time with her because she um, has this like flourishing business on Etsy or something like that comes from a place of not giving your friend the respect that she needs or the support that she needs Mm -hmm. to keep flourishing. And I think that's kind of a deeper issue. I was literally about to say that, right? It's more about like, so if you're spending less time with me and now I feel left out, why do I feel left out? What is missing in my life that I needed you to fill that gap? Mm. Like, I think it's actually a great way of assessing where you are as a, because you may be using your friend as like that, the band-aid to something else that's going on. It's probably something something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, in line of this, I want to talk about your wedding. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> well, the, so congratulations. Thank on you. The, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited and heartbroken all at the same time. I know and the too. reason why I'm heartbroken is because I can't come. Going back to like almost testing your friendship. Right, yes. You yes. freaking just blew me away and like I didn't love you enough already. Mm. This was one of those things that I was like, you're a freaking keeper. Like, <laughs> <laughs> because So for people at home that don't know, so we've got a big business endeavor that we're putting together and we've got a massive launch in October. And we've been working towards it. A lot of the business time, effort and energy have been going to this. And it's in New York and you're getting married that same weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's not like I can pop in or I can do half a day one place, half a day the other. Because I even looked into it. I was like, how do I make this work? It'd be like an eight hour travel time with driving and everything. And I couldn't out loud say, I'm not coming to your wedding because it was so heartbreaking. And then at the same time, I couldn't say to Tom and the entire company and business, like I'm not gonna be there. And I was, I was legitimately like, these are one of those moments where Mm -hmm. I was a little stuck and frozen and Mm. I didn't know what to do. And so I was like, I'm just going to tell you the situation yeah, and then we'll deal with it from there. And Mm -hmm. because going back to like how you broke the news to me about Mm -hmm. Sheroic, I felt the same way. I was Mm -hmm. like, I hope this isn't a deal breaker. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't think it is, Mm -hmm. um, but it's a very big possibility that it's going to be a deal breaker. Mm -hmm. And I went through my emotional process before I spoke to you Mm. and I thought, okay, understand if she turns around and says but Lisa you can't miss my wedding I'm gonna know it coming it's coming from a place where you really want me to be there Mm -hmm. I need to take that as okay that's how much you mean to her but at the same time I hope she knows who I really am and that how much my business really means to me Mm -hmm. and if you didn't show that element I think I would have been like well clearly she doesn't know me as well as I thought she would know me Mm -hmm. And when I said to you, look, it's the same weekend, I didn't even say that I wasn't coming. I was like, it's the same weekend. And you looked me dead in the eyes. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I want you to know, I completely understand. And this is your baby and you've got to take care of that. And while I'm sad that you're not going to be there, um, I get it. And like, it was one of those moments where I was like, this friendship is as real and Mm. as, um, as real and as deep as I had hoped and thought it was. I don't think... I don't think there's really anything that can get between us because I think we went through two really intense things. Um, Starting a business together and then have me having to step back and say, hey, I can't do this anymore. And then you not coming to the wedding 
which I think for a lot of people would be yeah. a deal breaker. Like mm -hmm. seriously, especially for a lot of women, right? Because the wedding is like the biggest event of your life. Um, but for me, it's like, Lisa, you are launching a thing and you've been telling me about this thing for a really long time and I know you're super excited about it. So it's cool, no big deal. Like it's fine to me. Um, a wedding is a celebration, a party for our friends and family. And so what if the dates are the same? It's okay, we'll celebrate another time in a different way. So what advice would you give to somebody that is potentially either in this wedding yeah. situation or like they feel like their friend, like vice of both yeah, sides yeah. of it? I mean, you just have to, again, you have to understand where they're coming from. And I think oftentimes what happens with friendships that go sour, um, ego gets in the way, mm -hmm. expectations, pride, uh, things that you think your friend is supposed to do mm -hmm. for you. But if your friend cares about you and you care about them, and that's good. And then you'll see the pictures and videos. It's going to be fine. <laughs> but like, I'm legitimately, le legitimately heartbroken that I won't be there. I know. But and I am too. But it's okay. Yeah. We're, and we'll I think fine. that these moments have actually made our friendship a million times stronger. Yes, I agree. I agree. How do you suggest people get through this moment? For me, like, I ask myself questions. So the first question I would say is, okay, does she love you? Like, do, does she really respect you as a friend? Okay, yes. Next question, do you love her? Right, because if I truly love you and I truly want what is best for you, then I have to put my emotions aside. It helps me compartmentalize. So it helps me go, okay, I recognize I'm sad. I recognize I'm disappointed. Mm -hmm. I think that's also a very important, yeah. important part, right? Mm -hmm. Is not pretending like, I really don't, oh, I, I didn't care, right? Because I think when I was 16, that's how I would react. I tried to pretend right, I didn't pretend care. Right, pretend you don't care, but you really care. But I really yeah. care. Um, and go, okay, no, I care, right? Take the short podcast again. Like, no, I care. Yes, I'm disappointed, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay to admit that. It's okay to be honest mm -hmm. with, you know, you about that. But it's also not my priority. My emotions and how I feel is actually doesn't um, overpower how I feel about you. It doesn't mm -hmm. overpower um, what I want for you. And you know, the ultimate goal is I want, I want to see you blossom. I want to see mm -hmm. you crush it and get the most success out of life. And to think that I may be part of holding you back on that. Right. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, that, I mean, 100%, like, why would I ever need to hold you back? Yeah. Like, no, that's definitely not my point as a friend. And so for me, the answer, was extremely obvious. You, you've got um, obviously a massive following, very, you know, um, prominent in, you know, the YouTube space mm -hmm. and everything. And you've got friends that are also mm -hmm. very um, successful in the YouTube space mm -hmm. and online and in businesses. Um, but you are so like lovely and sweet to them and you guys have amazing friendships. Mm -hmm. um, how do you maneuver and overcome or even do you over have to overcome the like wow this person actually is crushing it i'm happy for them mm. versus feeling jealous and envious and being like oh well but they got followers because they did this right like you hear so much of that, that yeah. competition. how do you be happy for somebody i think to be happy for someone you need to know them first right because it's so easy to be at your computer and look at their subscriber number go up and be like, oh, well, you know, he did this or whatever just to get numbers, but you don't know them. That sense of wanting to see your friends succeed is something that is, that's kind of like at the crux of everything, right? Because it kind of shows your true colors too. Mm -hmm. And then so when you surround yourself with people 
who can be happy for your success, like that elevates you at the same time. Because I know that I've been in positions where I've had to try to downplay myself to make other people feel comfortable. Mm. I don't know if you've ever done that. Yes, yeah. and especially when I think on the rise. Yeah. Like where people really saw that difference. Yeah, yeah. How did that make you feel, downplaying? It made me really have to reevaluate who I wanted to spend time with. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's hard, right? Because a lot of times the friends you make in your adult life are more reflective of who you are now. And then your high school friends or even your family members they're kind of a reflection of your past. I think it's hard for certain people to see the success right in their face mm -hmm. and not know how to deal with it because it makes them reflect on what have I done with my life. So what through. did you do in those moments? Like specifically, did you tell yourself something? So you, I totally know that feeling. You're yeah. so excited whether yeah. it's a new puppy, a new house, yeah, a new car. Yeah. Like things that you've worked really hard to mm -hmm. get. You're so excited. You, you subconsciously have an expectation of how people are gonna react. Right, yes. and you're like, okay, I know this person, they're gonna be blown away, right, I'm right, so right, excited. Right, right. And they walk in and they're subdued. Right. What do you actually say to yourself in that moment to help you um, get back to center? Because that's very disappointing. It's, it's really super disappointing. So how do you make sure that doesn't like completely, almost shadow the joy you have about that new thing? It's upsetting, of course. It's yeah. upsetting, it's disappointing, but I think realizing that it's not my problem mm -hmm. really helps me move forward. And these are things that internally I have some personal development to do to like move above that. Mm -hmm. uh, but probably back in the day I would let it affect me a lot longer. Right. Mm -hmm. But now it's just, it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter and eventually one day I just want it to be like a blip and you like realize what happened, move forward. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And in those moments as well, like I ch tried over time to make sure it doesn't like put a rain cloud over what I'm excited about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like yeah. because you really are legitimately excited and yeah. allowing other people's negativity to influence you I think can be extremely detrimental to um, I, I think to your celebration, right? It just puts a damper on it and now you don't really want to celebrate. And it's like, yeah. hang on, I've worked all this time to get this. Right. And now this one person's reaction is really going to put an entire cloud over the joy. Like, I just won't do that. And that's kind of what I tell myself now. Like, Lisa, you, don't, you can't let that, that person do that to you. But like, what do you do, for example, right? If you're showing them this new thing mm -hmm. and then you want to keep going and telling them about everything and they're just getting, you know, yeah. more subdued and more like, yeah. Yeah. less happy it's like so then you kind of do have to not share the rest yeah. of it for their comfort almost yeah and I think yeah. that's almost the right thing to yeah. do I think ignoring that you can tell that they are uncomfortable mm -hmm. almost like that's not you know like clearly there's something going on with them right mm -hmm. if it's jealousy if it's envy again it's not about you it's about them yeah so trying to be empathetic and say okay this isn't about me it's about them they're clearly feeling something insecure about themselves by me showing this as a friend i don't want to make them feel worse about it right so try and cut it off, try and yeah. spin it around. How do you make them feel good about themselves? You know, do you talk about something that they, like, they're excited about Right, now? something they accomplish, yeah, exactly. yeah. And then, and then it, but it also makes you realize, you know, you're putting all this effort to mm -hmm. make someone feel comfortable, mm -hmm. but why is it that they can't just be excited for you in this one yeah. moment? So it just really makes you think about stuff. Not that mm -hmm. anyone's a bad person, but I do always wish that more people would try to understand where the other person is coming mm -hmm. from. Yeah. Yeah. That has been a massive thing in my 
journey as a human being. Yes. Like I used to take everything personally. Mm. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't like me. What is wrong with me? They've got, you know, this great thing. I don't. Okay, mm-hmm. how shitty am I? Like mm-hmm. always reflecting and doing the self the negative talk and it used to really impact me in a bad way. And now I'm just like, look, clearly something's going on with them. Yeah. So you need to understand where they're coming from because you would want someone to understand it from your perspective if you were feeling like that. Yeah. Um and then just not letting it seep into everything I then do or feel afterwards. You can't because that infects you yeah. and you cannot let other people have that negative influence over you because yeah. then they, they quote unquote win, right? right. No, you were in charge of your own life, in charge of your emotions and you have, you're responsible for everything that you do. That you do. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like you always say, it's my fault. Yeah, right? everything's because my fault. If, it, if you give yourself that responsibility and that ownership, mm-hmm. then you can get through anything. But if you're going to start blaming people for your problems, like already you're off on the wrong mm-hmm. foot. You're not going to get out of that hole if you think it's someone else's issue. How do you navigate being humble mm. and then allowing yourself to really be proud and open and honest about your successes? So like mm-hmm. even in this intro where I'm like, yeah. Go, you got 600, mi- 600 million. Oh my God, there's so many zeros. Views on your YouTube channel. And mm. you're still so humble about it. Mm. Put the humbleness aside for a second. Okay. That's freaking amazing. Thank you. So at what point do you go, hell yeah. I got, oh, look in the camera. I got 600 million freaking views on my YouTube channel. Uh. Like, do you ever allow yourself to be that indulgent? Because you should. I think as women, and I don't want to like necessarily generalize, yeah. but we very much hold back on that. And you're yeah. humble and you're like, oh, I don't, like, seven million, for, oh, like, oh my God. Like, I am falling over myself <laughs> with those numbers because I'm so proud and excited for Thank you. Thank you. Do you ever, do you hold back, but internally in your mind, you're like, oh my God, 600, that's, that's a ma- massive. And then externally, you try to be humble? Or is it that you just don't allow yourself to feel like that because you're worried you're going to get comfortable? Uh, like, what is... Here's the thing, like, I've, was brought up not to brag and I and really just to put your head down and work hard. And so I think that is why I am the way I am today. Of course, I see the numbers. They affect me. When they're low, I get sad. When they're high, I get a little bit happier, you know, but I, yeah. I, that's not really the point, right? What mm-hmm. makes me happy is overcoming these challenges or like winning this thing that I didn't think I could do or like seeing someone at a point and being like, I'm going to be there one day and then realizing, oh my gosh, here I am on that same on top of that same mountain that they were on and what's the next destination that's the stuff that gets me really excited and to answer your question about like do i ever just like sit back and like oh my god look at this like <laughs> yeah i totally yeah. do that um but i only yes. do it in the comfort yes. of people yes. who understand where i'm coming from i would be comfortable doing that around you um i would be comfortable doing that around uh other friends that have had similar similar successes mm. and obviously most comfortable about doing it around Sam because we have navigated the course together. So I, you know, like I'm even really careful not doing it around certain family members and stuff Mm -hmm. because if they don't understand where you're coming from, it seems like a brag. About two days ago, in fact. Okay. um, My my first post went over 2,000 likes. Woo! (laughs) Which one was it? Um, It was my wedding photo. I saw that. It was so cute. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) And it went over 2,000 likes. Amazing. And I was genuinely so excited. Now, I get compared to like other people, it's nothing. But look, hey, I need to focus on me, my goals, and my achievement. Yeah. And part of me was like, God, is this really silly? Like, because, I mean, 
it's one of those things like I try not to compare myself, but the reality is I think everyone does, right? So I look at your, you, you average like 30,000 likes per post. Mm-hmm. So with me, I'm like 2,000, it's pretty pathetic, but I reminded it's myself, pathetic. it's my little goals, right? It's, it's a goal for me and I'm proud of it. And to be honest, it, it's a reflection of how many people I'm impacting. And that's right. ultimately what my goal, the company is all about. Yeah. So when I see that I've hit 2,000, I'm like, wow, I've actually impacted an extra thousand people than mm-hmm. I normally impact. Mm-hmm. And so, so I was like, you know what, Lisa, stop being what you think you should be. And if other people see this as bragging, then that's on them. I am proud of this and I have to try and own it. And I think women especially find it difficult to be proud of their achievements. I agree with you on that. I think maybe the reason why I don't outwardly celebrate like big sales or numbers or things with lots of people is because maybe I don't want to seem braggy, mm. right? And and I think women and men judge women for acting a certain way. Like, for example, if you're more like a leader, then you're bossy. Um, And if, if, yeah, and then if you are talking about money or your success, then you're, I don't know what you call that, like a a show off or Mm -hmm. something like that. But if a man does it, it's like, well, that's cool. I want to be like him. And I think that is maybe just a societal thing that is going to take time to get Mm -hmm. over. But when I look at other female CEOs, I look at them as so inspirational because like I want to be there one day I want to be doing what she's doing and they're paving the pathway so I think it has a lot to do with doing your own internal work so if you're looking at someone and you're jealous of that ask yourself why you're having that issue Mm -hmm. and turn that jealousy into inspiration because it's still the same amount of energy but it's split two different ways so pick the pathway that's going to be beneficial for you I love that it's still the same amount of energy it truly is Truly is. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to self-assess as well. So Mm. a couple of weeks ago, there was a massive outside meeting with this big freaking, like it was one of these meetings that was called, they called us. And I was so excited. Wow. I was like, this is exciting. Like this is next level where we're taking the company. They wanted me to come along and I was so excited. Uh And Tom, obviously. So we went to the meeting together. And afterwards, I felt a little bad for people that weren't invited to the meeting. And so I found myself making excuses saying, oh, well, they probably just invited me because I'm Tom's wife. And I said this like two weeks ago. And after that, I felt shitty about saying that. And I really assess, and I think this is where other people at home can hopefully take a tip from, assess how you feel and what you do and why you do things. So I looked at myself and I said, okay, Lisa, why did you do that? Because you've earned your place at the table, right? Like you run... Impact Theory, you're the president of the company. Mm -hmm. Tom is the visionary. We make incredible partnership. Mm -hmm. We built Quest Nutrition together. But here I am still making excuses of why I was invited to this meeting. Mm -hmm. And I passed myself off as just being the wife. Mm -hmm. And it didn't make me feel good. And I assessed. I was like, okay, what do you do next time? You have to stop yourself. Because what I was trying to do is make other people feel better about themselves and why they weren't invited. So that kind of goes back to downplaying. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So literally, I just told myself, like, I don't, I don't think it's helpful downplaying Mm -mm. because I don't think it's helpful for you. And I don't think it's helpful for that person. Now, look, 
being mm. sensitive is important, mm -hmm. right? Be sensitive to the other person. Be empathetic about where they're coming yes. from. Understand why this might make them feel bad. And navigate that. Don't, you know, lean into and be like, I don't care if they feel bad or not. Like, this is who I am. That's not fair. That's not nice. Be empathetic. Yeah. But change the way you do things and don't put yourself down to make other people feel yeah, That better. doesn't make any sense. It's, it's the exact opposite of if you want to look higher, you pull someone else down. Mm -hmm. It's the exact, like none of that works. Yeah. Like you be you, they be them, and you can rise together. You know, that's, that's how you do it. But don't ever downplay yourself to make other people feel good. And like, I, I do that. And I catch I myself say, doing yeah. it. And I hate when I do it because... It doesn't make the other, it probably makes the other person feel like I'm pitying them. You know what I mean? Like, so that's mm. not good. And for me, it's like, no, I've earned my place to be here. Like, don't make excuses. Like, I am worthy to be where I am. But yeah, all the time. And it's something I need to work on. It's do you have good. practices then? Because if you're working on it, what do you have certain things that you tell yourself? Do you call yourself on anything like that? Um, one thing that I've been trying to do is to take the word just out of my vocabulary Instead of saying like, hmm. oh, I just wanted you to try this and, you know, but it's not just, it's like, I want you to do this and really hmm. being firm about what you want and not caring what other people think about how you're saying it. Um, and for me, it's been really tough navigating management, employees and stuff like that because you're con every move that you make is constantly being watched by everyone mm -hmm. in addition to the millions of followers of people watching you too. Mm -hmm. Like you're being watched all the time. And so I do want to be careful by my words. I want to be careful about people's feelings. But at the same time, I can't let other people's feelings hinder my vision. Mm -hmm. And I think for the past several months, I've been really struggling with that. And I think it has hindered it a little bit, but no more. I'm not letting that happen anymore. And so usually um, I talk to Sam and he'll let me know what he's seeing from an outside perspective. And a lot of times it's that I just am too sensitive, too caring about what the other person is thinking that I can't do what I want to do. Hmm. So, and I wish I could have a piece of what you have, which is really like, boom like you get into a meeting you know what you want you say what you need to say and you're just so firm sometimes i wish i could just like pop a pill and be like okay harden <laughs> the heart say what you need to say and then then you get back to normal so for you is it like taking it back a notch taking like, back the firmness the firmness yeah and for me it's about upping the firmness yeah that you feel like that's obviously to your detriment oh absolutely then. because yeah. then it makes you feel like you're not confident mm -hmm. and all this stuff but it's like i am actually really confident but i'm so concerned about how you're gonna take this news that it makes me sound like i don't know what i'm talking about that's when you begin losing your ground and losing your respect and your authority or whatever and so um how do i deal with it is i just I got to practice in my head, like, hey, you're going to say this. You're not going to say the word just. Mm -hmm. um, don't apologize if you don't need to apologize because it's just because it sounds nice. Like, hey, I'm sorry, but could you, like, no. It's like, hey, I really like how this thing looks. Can you make it look like that? Like, yeah. boom, period. That's it. It's business, right? Mm -hmm. We're not um, in work. Like, you're not necessarily there to be best friends. If you are, that's amazing. But we're here to be a team and to make the customers and the fans happy. So whatever we need to do to get that done in a nice, positive manner, then that's what we're going to do. But no one is here to hurt anyone's feelings. And I, yeah. think, and I think I've been struggling with that because I've just been thinking too much about feelings at work. So what do you think about them friends with expectations? So for instance, Tom and I, we sit down even on an emotional level and I say, this is what I need emotionally from you. 
as my husband mm. and he does that with me like as my wife i need you to be x y and z i need you to be supportive so we have that very clear in our relationship we've been married for now 16 years mm, wow. and that clarity has really helped our relationship and then i think it was actually laurie harder mm -hmm. that turned around and said but we don't do that in friendships and i was like she's so right i've never turned to a friend and say all right this is what I need from you as a friend. If I text you and I say X, Y, and Z, it means that I need you to get on the phone with me and talk through things. And when she said that, I was like, I wonder if that is part of issues with people in friendship where mm. there's no clear line of what you need from a friend to have a successful friendship. But it does feel weird. Well, I, okay, problem. here's the thing. Uh, you and Tom or me and Sam being in a relationship, that's like real and solidified. It's an entity. So you know you're in and committed. Friendships aren't necessarily committed. It's kind of like you're dating Ooh. the whole time, don't you think? In fact, in thinking about it, as you're talking, it's almost like the... The hurdles we've overcome is another thing that has solidified our friendship. Right. If you have an all happy, happy friendship and you haven't gone through anything, you can't compare that to a friendship that's been through a lot of hurt and pain. Yeah. It's different. But I think we need to start getting okay with doing some form of like, hey, I need this from you. And what do you need from me? Like, I want to be a good friend to you, right? Yeah. So if I want to be a good friend to you, please tell me what you need from me. Like, I actually would want people to say, Lisa, as a friend, I need this from you because set me up for success, right? I can't be a good friend if I don't know what you need. But I think it's harder for people to say this out loud. And hopefully my, all my friends know me by now that I just want the truth because I would hate to think that I was a bad friend because as you know, right, like you, I work so much mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. I don't give my friends time and attention. Yeah. Well, before before I started my YouTube channel, my sister and I would get on the phone like almost every day, talk all the time. And when I started my YouTube channel, I was now editing videos and dealing with all these things and I couldn't talk to her. And sometimes I would just like leave my phone on speaker and while I'm editing a video, she could tell that I wasn't 100% there and she got really mad. And for a long time, it affected our, our sistership, if you want to call it mm. that, our friendship. And it wasn't until she was finally able to tell me, hey, it's because you don't spend enough time with me and that's why mm. the sourness happened. When she was able to tell me that and I was able to accept it, then we mended our, our friendship. But when one person is just going to stay silent and be mad and literally the other person has no idea what they did wrong, you can't fix it. Mm -hmm. And so it's the responsibility of both sides to come together and try to mend the situation. Yeah. Obviously, we got through it and we're fine. Um, but yeah. Preach, sister. Um, today was about friendship. I thought it was very appropriate. Obviously, the things that we've gone through, how much we've grown, um, I think has been tremendous, like learning lessons for the both of us. Mm. And so hopefully we've been able to help and empower the women at home or the gentlemen at home. So thank you so much for Aww, coming on. This has been so me. much fun. And thank you for everybody at home for watching and for listening. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe. Hit that button somewhere along here. Um, and I guess until next time, be your own hero, guys. Be your own hero. What's up, guys? Lisa here. Thank you so much for listening. If you're not already subscribed, please do click that subscribe button. Click, click, click away so you don't miss any new episodes that come out every single Wednesday. And if you do feel so inclined, it'd be great to get a rate and a review from you. That'd be awesome. That's how we get the show in front of more people and create more impact on more women. So until then, go out and be the superhero of your own life.